is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 the zone welcome on back we're going to talk to our friend tim lacombe coming up here momentarily of course my co-host on jazz prehab and post-game coverage former uh byu and utah assistant coach uh, always look forward to talking to tim he's a lot of fun to do those shows with so uh, is he educating you a little more about the uh, inner workings of basketball or do you know everything already well, I, I know everything about most things already, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to soak up as much as I can. Tim Tim's been around basketball his whole life. Yeah, a lot yeah. of knowledge there. Yep. Why not? It's kind of like when we do the show together. You learn every day, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I learn <laughs> something every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn what not to know. No, no, no. I, I, I get insights on certain things every day. Yeah, I'd say I'd learn something from the show every day, sure. What have you learned today? What have I learned today? Hmm. <laughs> you put him on the spot. <laughs> that uh, Gordon uh, thinks LeBron James could step into the NFL and be a Pro Bowler tomorrow. No, I didn't say that. But the fact that uh, Hans thought he could eventually be a Pro Bowler, uh, that. That says a little something for what kind of athlete he is. Let's see. What else did I I learn about today from Gordon? Hmm. I feel like I, let's see. Have I gotten any insight into the, like, you know, have I learned anything about you, Gordon, personally? Because that's usually where it comes from. No, you haven't because I haven't gone into any of that today. Have I learned anything new about Gordon today? Uh, hmm. We did learn something. Gordon's a Boise State fan apologist. That's true. Uh, oh, and uh, and he knew of a woman who uh, struck out a man with a in softball once. I missed yeah, that one. It, it, no, it was similar to the Joe Ingles Donovan Mitchell thing. In fact, it was exactly the same setup: ten pitches, and he got one hit. It was like the natural, but softball. Yeah, she was a softball pitcher, and he was a he was a high school all state baseball player, and he got one hit out of ten pitches. That doesn't really bode too well for Joe, does it? Well, I mean, Maybe. if that actually happened, uh, what do you mean it did happen? Let's see. Where is this uh, where is friend this? of mine who went on to be the sports editor of the L.A. Times? Uh, Jason tweets into the show, uh, you know, speaking about the Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell thing as we uh, Tim's going to join us here in a moment. But uh, uh, Jason says, Gordon says hitting a baseball is hard unless you do it against first graders. Uh, That's that it is hard and it takes great skill. And by the way, that did not happen against first graders. Okay, that's not how I remember it. What do you mean it's not how you I remember, remember it. that you, you pulled up in your Trans Am that you had just gotten, oh, and you got out, and then some first That's graders were, were playing a little ball, and uh, you said, hey, 
Let me get in there and hit one. Some friends of mine asked me to play baseball, and they were a year younger, so they told me I had to bat left-handed, and uh, I hit a grand slam. Oh, Not a chance. I still, that's they, true. Listen, I swear to you, this is true. Not a chance. I swear. You guys have trust issues. You know, I wonder why. <laughs> I got a letter from Casey Case. He said, I'm a fan. I didn't get an invitation to go to the Playboy Mansion. I got taught how to play polo by Juice Newton. The stories that I tell are 99.5%, 100% factual. Now, all three of those stories you listed there, absolutely 100% true. Yeah, you hit a home run against first graders. We know. No, I no. I was it driving. I was riding my bike. I was a kid. What like was I it? said, was it a, a if you Honda? listen, you'd know. No, no, you listen, you'd know that I was. Uh, they were. Uh, they were one year younger than me. All right. Uh huh. What? So whatever grade I was in, they were in one grade younger. And, First grade, uh, they made, right? And they they made me hit left-handed, and I hit a grand slam. So. Look, that's true. It's a true story. Went back to my job at Burger King. <laughs> and, and I went to the Playboy Mansion. I met Hugh Hefner. And the, and Juice Newton taught me how to play polo. 100% true. So where are we going here? I thought you dated Juice Newton. No. He just slept in her bed. Juice. No. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Not with her. My wife and I slept in her bed. Whoa. <laughs> people.com <laughs> whoa because no, easy because the was, easy there it was her national condo. Inquirer. no it was her condo and we TMZ. were just staying in it dun, dun, dun. yeah seriously you can do what you want in your personal life every but, everyone but I'm sure I, he, juice doesn't appreciate the, you uh he, he, running wild the, like that here's the irony the when you're trying to make me out to be not telling the truth every single sound you just played 100% true. Okay. You said it was 95% true. 99.5. I said of all the stories I told, you know, because I did fib on the Bill Puxley one, <laughs> and I fibbed on the the uh, the V formation in hockey. That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, maybe we have some breaking news here. Oh, in fact, we do have some breaking news. Western Conference All-Star starters have been announced. Gordon? Here we go. Uh, let's see here. Going to be Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody's going to argue much with that. Well, now the, the starters are the fan vote and the player vote and the media vote. Is that right? They all are, are kind of get a piece of it. Um. I don't know. Luca hasn't had that great a year, has he? His team hasn't. I I don't know what his averages are right now. Uh, I know he struggled at the very beginning. If you give me a minute, I can bring up what he's doing. That would probably be the only one I'd really argue with. Did Did you say Lillard is in that? No. Oh, that's a mistake. Lillard has been has been very good. It's, so you hear Damien, that? Should, it's, Damien it's, should be in instead of Luca. Steph yes. Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic. I'd put him in over Kawhi. Lillard, I mean. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Luka is 29, 9.4, and 8.6 from a rebound standpoint. But a solid year. It is, but his team is 13 and 15 and currently in 10th. Yep. So you're going to blame him on an all-star vote for his team's performance? 
Well, I mean, it's been held against Utah players for years now, so why wouldn't I know, it go but that's there? An, but, but this is, of all, this is a sort of a, this is, here we are in the same old argument, right? Is it an individual award or is it a team award? But he can't help it if his teammates aren't holding up their end of the deal. Yeah, but for years, Donovan, Rudy, and to a lesser extent, Gordon Hayward, it was always, well, if your team were any better, you'd make the All-Stars. Uh, well, they're a fine, they're fine no, players. I don't think, that, I don't think oh, that's Oh, it true. happened every year with uh, Gordon no, Hayward. Didn't. Yes, it did. Oh, well, yes, maybe. It did. But he, he was, it wasn't until the latter part of his time in Utah where he was good enough to be an All-Star, in my opinion. Okay. You don't think that works against specifically jazz players? I disagree. No, no, I don't. Think. Well, I mean, yeah, in a fan vote, it, it's dubious. I oh, in it. the in the coaches' vote too. Oh, uh, I don't know. That sounds like a persecution complex. No, it's. I mean, it's just what's happened. I mean, you could listen to the pundits. Well, if the team were any better, then they'd get more consideration. Well, okay, but which of the Jazz players should have been all stars more than they were? Who are you referring to? Uh, I'd say Donovan and Rudy both made it a year too late. Gordon uh, probably made it a year too late too. Know. It was it was pretty crowded, man. It was. I mean, maybe Rudy, but I don't know. I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. Rudy should have been an all-star and not DeMarcus Cousins. And, and remember that year the Hawks were so good and all five of their starters made it? Yep. Yeah, but that was in the East. And their coach was the coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, exactly. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, my co-host on Jazz Pre, half and post-game coverage, uh, longtime BYU uh, assistant coach, and, of course, at Utah as well. He's our good friend Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim? What's up, Jake and Gordon and Austin? How are you, buddy? How are things? You good? It seems like good. it's been a long Sorry, time yeah, since I've seen you. I'm a little late, but I, I had to fly today, so I'm I'm now somewhere where you can hear me, and I can be heard, and I won't break up. Real quick, okay. Tim. Well, let, let's start with this. I don't know if you heard DJ and PK this morning, but they had Joe Ingles on, and uh, he made public a bet that he and Donovan have made uh, that uh, Donovan could throw 10 fastballs. He gets 10 pitches, all fastballs. They remember, have to be in the strike zone. Remember, right? Donovan uh, was the, the, the baseball player. And Joe just has to get one in play. Has to make contact, and it has to be fair. Not a base hit, just make contact, and it be fair. And he's never played baseball. Little cricket, but no baseball. Who would you bet on? Donovan Mitchell. I've seen – so we used to do this uh, kind of as a – when the guys' season got got going and the guys were a little tired and – we would say we we would keep a, a game of wiffle ball in our pocket, and the guys would all come down and get all dressed for practice, and we'd kind of plan out a day where they come out and instead of rolling the balls out, we'd get all the wiffle ball stuff out and we play wiffle ball. Just let the guys kind of shoot free throws that day, but wiffle ball for you know an eight inning game or something like that. And I saw many a guy like. Jonathan Javanari, I about fell over backwards when he swung the bat because I'd never seen anything like it. And my guess is, I know Joe's an athlete, but unless that thing's down low bouncing like the cricket, I don't think he's hitting the thing. All right, well, we'll see. I, I, I really don't know. But if Donovan What's your take? Is, I kind of thought that he would be able to, because he doesn't really have to get a hit. All he has to do is dribble a you know, foot in front of the plate. You've seen 90, right, Gordon? Are you standing in a batting cage at 90? Can Donovan throw at 90? He was in the 
He was hey, in the mid to upper eighties in high school, according to. Let me to... tell you, I've seen I've seen some passes this year that he's thrown one handed, <laughs> and I wouldn't doubt he could throw ninety if he were, if he had a little adrenaline and really trying to throw it past Joe. Maybe that's what Joe is counting on that he has to throw a basketball, not a baseball. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Uh, Maybe that's the bet we're missing. Uh, I, I'm with uh, you yeah, though, Tim. I I, I'd go heavy, Donovan. I don't. But even even if he bunts it, yeah. Heavy. Uh, Bunting right. is even oh. hard. It's hard to bunt. It's hard to bunt fair. Like it's not if you're playing soft toss, but like you stand in there against a guy who knows what he's doing. It's hard to hit. Huh. If if you don't and you've never played, you know. Uh, but hey, well, I don't Joe know. Says he hasn't. Well, that's my t- that, that's my. Yeah. That, I, yeah, I would you, be on the Donovan side. Yeah, you probably. You guys are probably. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I suppose. I have no idea about how what Joe can do. Well, Tim, let let me ask you a question that I, I ask you pretty much after every game. But uh, what are you taking out of last night's uh, win over the Clippers? I, I thought we actually learned a few important things. Yeah, it was a, a game that uh, did not necessarily flow like all the games have. Uh, both teams, I thought, were supreme defensively. Um, Los Angeles had, you know, missing a lot of, of key pieces, but still had quality players that, you know, that game really meant something to. And we talked about how, you know, the Jazz are now kind of got a target on their back every time they go out there. Um, but more than anything, felt like they really worked through. Uh, it was almost a, a workshop on attacking, switching defenses. And uh, as the game moved on, the Jazz got more and more comfortable. Um, you know, they, they were held into only, what, 17 threes in the first half. They were they had taken 17 at the end of the first and ended up with 43s for the night. So um, I think what it shows is that they just kind of continue to play with some force, continue to, instead of really trying to analyze it, just play. And the ball and the defender will always tell you what's next. And, and I feel like when they get into those rhythms, that's when we see those big runs and they can pull away. So, Tim, are you fairly convinced now that the Jazz have figured out when their shooters are, are being, as Jake said, hugged, uh, that they can they can find a way past that now. I mean, I wonder how that'll go, in, like in a, a best of seven series. Can they can they be proficient enough offensively? Maybe relying on Rudy to get that job done. Yeah, I think they I think they can, and I'll tell you why, Gordon. Because you know you you watch these guys, and they have just you know every night's been kind of a different story. Um, you know, when Jazz teams passed, the, the great ones that we talk about all the time, the 97, 98 teams, I mean, it was a given. If Carl, Carl had to have 30, you know, or something near that, uh, you know, Stockton was going to have a ball in his hands all night running the show. Uh, you could count on Hornacek. You know, you needed to be able to shoot a good percentage. And then the Jazz were just going to bludgeon you to death with the pick and roll and get out and run in, you know, opportunity. But – that was the way there was a, it was a cookie cutter way that team won. I don't feel like that this year. And in fact, I think that this team and the way they approach the game, when a series comes around, I think it's almost to their advantage because the other team is, is really focusing on one or the other. And nobody's shown that they can do both. And um, the, the, the onus really is going to be on the, the opponent uh, and how they decide to guard the jazz. But, what I've seen this year so far is they've seen just about everything. They've seen 
passive zone. You know, they've seen zone. They've seen, uh, you know, the the big man dropping at the point of the screen and, you know, guys not helping off shooters and making them finish. They've seen ultra pressure, physical play, you know, blowing through screens. Um, so, honestly, they've seen so much of, of a little bit of everything that it, it's – is not only are they winning games and, and leading the league, but they're getting great experience doing that every night. Tim, we just had the Eastern Conference All Stars uh, now break. Let me give you the Western start uh, the starters. That is, let me give you the Western starters and then the Eastern starters, and uh, you can weigh in on where they got it right or wrong. Here's the West: Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. For the East, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel, uh, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving. What do you think? Uh, you know, to me, the, the All-Star game itself is a little bit of a popularity contest, but I don't know you can argue with with those 10 picks. Um, I think that, you know, you, you look at the West, obviously uh, the very best team in the league is not represented in the starting lineup. That, that would be something, but uh, we all know that this is a little bit different. Um I don't really take exception with with those ten guys at all. I think, you know, if you kind of put them in a microscope, they all make sense at a certain point. I want to get back to the Jazz for one second, uh, Tim. If you, I'm, I'm curious to know if you were, if you're coaching against the Jazz, what strategies would you implement to try and beat them both at both ends of the floor? Well. I think you've got to kind of do it in pieces. Um, to me, the you know the, the the big question you have to ask yourself is you know what what segment of their game that we want to try to take away. I think what what makes the Jazz difficult to scout is they have multiple guys that can hand, have the ball in their hands, um, which means there's you know guys are are playing all sorts of different spots with the ball without the ball. But I think there's something to the switching. I think um, a person on a person, uh, not really, you know, you have to have a sort of lineup like the Clippers did last night uh, that shows some toughness and versatility to be able to do it. But I, I think that, honestly, switching a uh, switching defense against the Jazz and doing your best to be home on shooters and take your chances, you know. We've seen it with the Knicks. You know, played the Jazz that way. The Celtics played the Jazz that way. Um, this week, just last night, the Clippers played that way. And I, I think you have to be ultra-physical. You have to be aware of shooters. You have to switch screens and really communicate on on that switching stuff. Um, and know you're going to give up a roll here and there to Rudy on a slip. It's just going to happen, but you have to stay firm to trying to stay home on shooters. And then the last piece of it, you've got to be – as good as you've ever been in transition because the, that's the part of this that Jake and I sit back and watch. There's a run coming. You can feel it every night, but is it going to be because, you know, the Jazz get extra possessions because they're offensive rebounding or do they break out in transition, get a couple of buckets, or do they run great offense and bang a couple threes? That's what I'm talking about here is um, there is not a tried and true method. I think, you know, we know the NBA coaches are about the best in the world. And they're having an absolute hell of a time trying to figure out how to guard this team. Tim, uh, from a coaching perspective, well, let me set it up this way. Joe Ingles uh, inevitably is, well, I guess likely to go back to the bench when Mike Conley returns. And as we talked about last night in our hot topic before the Clipper game, Joe Ingles is 
playing incredibly well. Maybe the best basketball of, of his entire career now that he started the last six games. If you were a coach, what would you tell him on how to keep it up uh, and keep up that production or keep up playing that well, even though he's going back to the, the role uh, coming off the bench? Um, you know, I, I don't think – I think all that stuff has been pretty – all that stuff's been really handled. I, I think in you know in a situation, the biggest thing you can do is communicate. And you know, I heard the excerpt yesterday on your show, and I totally concur that the number one asset that a head coach must have today in today's day and age is you have to be an exceptional communicator. Um, you have to explain yourself, and your explanation actually has to make have to make sense. <laughs> I think for years. Coaches could say whatever they want, and the fact that they wore a whistle, and you know nobody doubted them because they were the coach. But nowadays, everybody wants a little bit of proof, uh, so you got to be right in your assessment. Uh, but more than anything, that conversation, you know, that thing had to be had the beginning of last year, and then it has to be a, a deal where, you know, like in this case, Joe knows that Quinn's got his best interest at heart and the best interest of the team at the same time, and I think that that's the that's the essence of that. And it has to, it's not just a conversation you can have once. It's got to be something you revisit. And, and it sounds like from the comments that we heard about Quinn last night amongst his guys, that that is an area of real strength. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, by the way, fellas, Bleacher Report is saying that uh, Charles Barkley thinks that uh, Dame Dalla and Donovan should both be Western Conference starters. So I'll take that for whatever it is worth. Tim, do you think the Jazz ultimately, if they play 72 regular season games, what would you guess their record's going to be? Um, so hard to predict, you know, just, but everything stays, they stay healthy. That's the number one thing. If they can stay relatively healthy, I don't see, um, I see, I could see them getting to, you know, 60. Maybe sixty something, sixty one or two. Wow! Uh, but the way they're playing, though, like Jake and I just chuckle because right from the beginning of the game, Royce bangs his first three, like clockwork. Jordan Clarkson comes in, bangs a couple. You know, Bojan does his thing. Donovan does his thing. Rudy does his thing. And it's not like one night. It's it's this has been a pretty long standing act so far. And so I just don't see much changing. Um, I, I actually see him you know, getting Mike back and being that much more deep. And so I, I, I think they can do that. I really do, especially in the, the NBA as we see it now with, you know, load management and guys not playing and, you know, they're getting some hops there. They're getting opportunities to win games like last night where uh, the Clippers were missing some pieces. But at the end of the day, it's still a win and still affects your seating. So the Jazz's best record ever was 64-18. and 18. If they, in a 72-game season, obviously 10 games fewer, if they were to get to 61, be 61 and 11, uh, and obviously that's a, just a guess, but would that be the best season in Jazz history, do you think? I, I would think so. Um, but, but you know what it all comes down to, Gordon. It, it would be unless they went and lost in the first round, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's the, the beauty that's of it is, Tim, the they know that. This thing is it's what, what have you done for me lately? And honestly, everybody's excited about this, but this is already glazed over. You know, and idiots like me are already saying, oh, they'll probably win 62. 
you know, um, the bottom line is this, this whole thing is built around these guys excelling in the playoffs. And what is encouraging to me is there's no smoke and mirrors right now. Uh, they are actually out there with hard hats and sledgehammers. And, you know, sometimes they get, they, they get out early and are just able to coast and other games they have to, you know, they have, like last night, they had to fight like crazy to just stay in the game the way LA was playing them. And then they got their spurt. So uh, that's why I'm confident in saying that. And that's why I'm confident in saying, I think it can be the best team of all time, because I think that, all of this stuff points to them having great success in the postseason. Tim, thank you as always, and I'll see you tomorrow night. We got another one uh, against the Clippers ready to roll. Okay, Jake, you and I don't talk enough. We need to talk more. All right, buddy. I'll <laughs> hey, call you uh, after the by, show. By, by the way, Tim, since we have you on the air, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, that's really good stuff, pre-half and post, all of it. Well, coming from you, that means a lot. So thank you, sir. Appreciate like it. texted me yesterday. <laughs> well, thank you, Tim. You're the man. Be well. All right. See you guys. There you go. Tim well, Lacombe. Uh, what was joins. that, Austin? I said that's not what you texted me last night. But, uh, oh, knock it off. thought that was just in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> not true, Jake. You guys do a great job. Thanks, Gordo. Yeah, you know what? Tim's fun to work with, and he, he does terrific. I just keep the train on the tracks. Uh, you do a lot more than that. Come on. And, uh, you know, I, I have uh, good practice at keeping the train on the tracks each and every day right here on this show. <laughs> that's what I get for saying something <laughs> nice about it. No, I appreciate it. That's uh, that's awful nice of you. It's fun. I mean, Gordon, if you can't have a good time analyzing this season with the Jazz, I mean, they're playing so well. When can you, right? Well, I, yeah, but what you guys do is uh, – I, I know this is – I'll just say this on the air. But what you guys do is you make it sound easy, but it's not easy. It is. Uh, it, it, you do your homework. You're prepared, and uh, it, it, great analysis of what's going on. It's it's enjoyable, and I mean that. That's uh, that's from the heart. Thanks, Gordo. Appreciate that. And you know what Tim's really good at is you know this. That whole job as an analyst is to basically translate, you know, the basketball <laughs> ease to the to the layperson. You know, and I think Tim does a good job about that. Huh. Well, yeah, I agree. All right, stay tuned. We've got Sounds Various Clips coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.